Welcome to the Rookie American Podcast. I'm your girl, Lisette Carter. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. Today's episode is going to be about the Declaration of Independence, the things that you did not know about the signers of the Declaration of Independence and the people who impacted it, the minorities who impacted it. And also at the end, I'm actually going to be reading the Declaration of Independence because it's not enough to summarize it. Um, you you got to know what it is. And the reason why is because if you voted for Joe Biden or if you didn't vote for Joe Biden, you know that something is wrong here. There is something up, especially since he delayed a, a press conference. It was his first press conference that had ever been delayed by a president um, in history by a few months um, and in which he had mentioned that he was going to possibly take away our rights to celebrate 4th of July. Um, you can, I don't, whether obviously the pandemic is a real thing, this thing is a real thing, people got sick, um, a lot of elders died from it. Make sure you go back and check your numbers on that and not what social media or the media says. Um, but it's definitely been used um, for different reasons. Uh, for, it's kind of like a big excuse. Um, you know, to shut the government down, to shut businesses down. It's been cray, okay? So I wanted to talk about that because there were a lot of Americanos that were like, yo, you, you're going to do what? I ha this is my house. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to cook as many burgers as I want. I'm going to have as many people over as I want. Mask or no mask. No me importa. I don't care, okay? And so it just can seems absurd. Like, if you can go to Target, I mean, is there really a, a pandemic right now? Come on. Really? So I wanted to talk about the Declaration of Independence because why this has to do with freedom. This has to do with our freedom, our right to do these things without being infringed by the government, specifically the federal government. OK, and so I want to talk about I'm going to go over the Declaration of Independence as a whole. OK, and there's a lot of stuff in here that you may not have known about that they don't teach in school. And I, I it is my it is my pleasure to, <laughs> to help you discover those things. All right. So what is the Declaration of Independence? This is basically a declaration of um, a bunch of people. They were 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. You probably only ever heard of like Ben Franklin, Samuel Adams, um, just like a few people. Um, you haven't heard of all of the rest of the people. And on top of that, it has been said that a lot of these guys were atheists. Okay, so I'm here to like knock knock all that out for you. Okay, now, um, 29 of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence actually held seminary degrees. And the rest of them, like outside of the 29, were homeschooled or self-taught. They were like, they taught themselves. And in those days, that education is better than the education that people are getting in schools today or public schools today. And so a lot of people say, well, um, you know, like, what, what is it? They ask, well, what, what, what did they sign against? And so they signed against because the King George, King George III was infringing um, his laws or he, or he was basically a, he was a tyrant. But he was basically saying, I know you guys are in America. You guys are in a new a new country. I think I'm going to claim that country for myself. Thanks. And you guys are going to pay tax. Um, you guys are going to do all of the things that you would normally do here. You're going to do over there. 
And these people were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We didn't come here for that. Um, we are not part of your rules. And so these guys had signed uh, this declaration in opposition to the tyranny that was happening from where they came from. And so, or, I mean, from what they understood, I mean, the British were coming to this land and they were forcing these laws. And so these guys had enough of it. They were like, look, man, we don't want to deal with this. Okay. This is, this is not what we came here for. We came here to have freedom. We're going to start a new government. We're going to get the colonies together and we're going to have our own. This is, this is why people came to the new world. Okay. So that they can create a new government of that was free, that was separate from all of the other nations that were tyrannical nations. I mean, it wasn't just Britain. It was a lot of other countries that had been that way that had adopted a church-run state, which if you've heard my um, uh, the original intent of socialism podcast, church-run state is basically saying, this is how our government is going to be um, the kind of like, it ties to the religion, whatever religion we choose to, or the, whatever religion the king um, or whatever tyrannical power is in the seat at the moment, um, whatever they believe in. And they could just make up stuff. And so like, if you didn't go to like, let's say for example, when the Puritans came over, if you didn't go to church every Sunday, um, they would, their church, they would imprison you or they would beat you or they would kill you. So you weren't allowed to have a Bible to read for yourself. The priest had to interpret the Bible for the people um, even, and they had no idea what was in it. And they knew the people in power knew the Kings and Queens knew that if people, the civilians or commoners were to get the Bible, that they would know that they had freedom under Jesus Christ that God was no respecter of persons. And at that time, they wanted the king and queen to be worshiped, not so much the freedom in Jesus Christ. So it's important um, that you understand that the, they, those guys came here to separate themselves. They said, we want freedom to worship God the way we want to worship him. We don't want to do it under a tyrannical government. And so this is what they were signing. They were signing um, a, not a petition, a declaration of like, look, we don't want anything to do with that anymore. And so some people have said that, um, like the people like Ben Franklin, he was an atheist. He was one of the signers. Um, he was actually, his story is actually vastly misrepresented in history and in a lot of history books where people, um, there was a, a gentleman, I can't remember his name, um, but he had, he was a reverend and he had sent, uh, he had sent Benjamin Franklin a letter saying, hey, I just want to make sure this was like when he was late, late in his life. I just want to make sure that you know Jesus Christ, because I don't want you to die. And I'm obviously I'm paraphrasing this. I don't want you to die not knowing the Lord and not going to heaven. True friend, true, true friends do that, right? That's what they do. And Benjamin Franklin replied, yeah, I, I do. I have studied the works. Um, you know, I, I understand what the Bible is. He actually even started an Africa. He at school, he started schools to help African-Americans learn Christianity. A lot of people don't know that. And so the letters in those days were like us texting. Like there's so much evidence of um, what was written at the time 
that you can see the intention, you can see what they believed in, all of the scriptures that they wrote to back their beliefs, to back all of the laws that they wrote, because the laws that they wrote to govern this land were all backed by scripture, right? And so that's how we know the faith of the believers. And so a lot of history books that kids bring home from school omit that information. They don't have any of that information and they might not even have any footnotes as to where where the, the history is coming from. And so it's super important that when you're looking at the history of the founding fathers, that you figure out where are the original documents um, for the founding fathers? Where are these letters? And a, a lot of them, the majority of them right now are in the hands of David Barton, who is like the premier historian um, in the United States, where he ties the biblical aspect of um, the nation to the founding fathers and to all of these documents. And so uh, it was Reverend Ezra Stiles who had sent um, Benjamin Franklin this this letter. And so, you know, it was interesting to see the difference between having the documented proof as to what Benjamin Franklin actually believed in, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, um, as opposed to like a modern history book that you see in a public school. So, and make sure you go back and listen to the last podcast on Massachusetts and um, the original intent of public school. That is super mind blowing too, because it's nothing at all what it is today, okay? So I don't know if you, any of you have ever seen uh, what is the movie with Mel Gibson, uh, Braveheart, where uh, I don't even remember his name, but uh, he fights for he fights against the British for the free government. OK, and so to to have a government um, that does not infringe on the rights of civilians. And so it is probably, honestly, before I dove into history, I did not like that movie. I thought it was super gruesome. I'm like, I can't watch this. I'm I'm super careful about everything that goes into my mind, um, what I watch, what I listen to, who I talk to. I'm very, very careful about that. And so when I first read, when I first saw that movie, I'm like, yo, I can't watch this. This is too much for me. Um, however, when I got into history, it was actually probably one of my favorite movies now because... Um, it really gave insight as to what these guys actually went through um, signing the Declaration of Independence, like when it came to that. And so this was like the before events that happened. I don't know if those events are true, but I know that this is a story that would have happened before the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And so um, that story that the character that Mel Gibson played really did show the consequences of fighting against the British and saying, no, we don't want ta your taxes. We don't want any of anything that you're trying to impose on us. We don't want that from the king. And so the British were here and they were fighting um, when it was a revolutionary war. They were fighting the people that were in opposition to the king. And if you were in opposition to the king at that time, you're, ba you're, you're basically, you had a hitman uh, on hit army out for you because you're signing your death warrant at that point, because you are being caught. You're not agreeing with the king and the king. If you've seen a, a good example of this is one of my favorite things to watch in the whole world. Not that it's completely historically accurate is Hamilton. That's probably one of the most creative things I have ever seen. 
if you haven't seen Hamilton, get it. I think it's like on Disney Plus or whatever. Um, it is super creative. It's like a rap Broadway show. Um, but what's interesting about this play is that King George III is in it. And it shows how cynical, how selfish, and how tyrannical he is um, against uh, the people of the New World, the people that are in opposition to his government. And so make sure you go see that. It's, it's, it's not, not, there's like no mention of God in it at all, which is not historically true. These guys really did, uh, I mean, they did believe in God. Um, but I, I don't know if they drank as much as they depicted in the play. There were a lot of things in there that I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know if this stuff is true uh, because I have done my own research, but it's, it's so good. Um, and you'll see that King George was out for blood. Anybody that opposed him, he literally would hunt them down, hunt their families down, hunt their friends down, and they would die. I mean, they would, their houses would get burned down. Um, they, uh, it was insane. And so when people say like, you'll never know, like freedom isn't free. You know what I mean? Like these guys literally, they went through hell being in opposition to the king. And that is why they say, you know, there are people that died for this nation. Those were the first people that did that for us. Anybody that was in opposition to the king, I mean, you got to thank them for not being part of the tyrannical, this nation is not part of a tyrannical gut. Well, <laughs> I don't know about right now, but <laughs> um, the start of that tyrannical government, you know, this nation was founded upon the freedom of that. And those guys really shed the blood for us so that we would have the freedom of things like the first amendment. No, you can't, you can, I, I should be able to say what I want, go to church if I want to go to church um, and not be beheaded because of those beliefs. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting to see um, the, with those, those resources, with the play, um, the movie, and also just studying history, what those guys really went through. I mean, there was, they, one of them had a joke. I mean, if you can imagine 56 dudes in a room in the summertime trying to figure out, you know, how to write this document, what to put in, what not to put in, sweat. I mean, those guys were layers and layers of clothing. Those guys were sweating their balls off probably <laughs> in this room. And one of them had said, made a joke to the other one, you know, it, it was a quiet because they knew when they were going to sign the Declaration of Independence, they were signing their death warrant. They knew that the king was going to come after them. And to break the silence and just to kind of things make a little lighter, one of them said to the other guy that he was a heavier gentleman, he said, hey, at least, you know, um, if you hang, if you get hung first, you'll go quick because you're heavier. Ha 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 ha. Funny, right? <laughs> funny, not funny. Because that was just like the weight of they understood what they were doing for the future of this nation. And so I want to kind of discuss a little bit about the the diverse patriots, because obviously when I talk about the fine, the founders of this nation, the only thing that pops in your head are white dudes, right? White dudes with like gray, with, with white wigs on their head. And so there are so many um, minorities that get overlooked and that are omitted from um, textbooks for a reason. Um, but there are a lot, a lot of them. African Americans, there's so many that have helped uh, with the Revolutionary War. Um, there was one that was called Prince Whipple. 
um, who accompanied George Washington on Christmas Day crossing the Delaware. Um, and he was actually in the front when you see there's a, a picture in Washington of, I mean, you can fi find it on Google, but of him crossing um, the Delaware, crossing, yeah, crossing the Delaware, and that one of the guys in the front was a black dude. Um, Wentworth Cheswell, who was the first black man elected to office in America, um, he was reelected for 49 years during the Revolutionary War. He made, he was like kind of like the Paul Revere um, to warn people of what was going on. Uh, there's Jack Prince Sison, Peter Salem, Crispus Attucks. So I worked in a place in Boston called Crispus Attucks. And a lot of people thought that it was like an attic, like an attic addiction center, uh, like a rehab center. And I didn't know this, but he was, he resisted the British and became one of the first fatalities in the Boston massacre. How interesting. He was black dude. Um, John, John Armistead. Okay. This such, this is such an awesome story. Okay. Kind of like, uh, the one that I had talked about before about, um, who's the other, he was the other, the other black dude who, um, he was the first guy to preach to Cherokee Indians. Oh my gosh. That was such, that was such an amazing story. John Morant. Okay. But that was in my last podcast or two podcasts ago. Um, James Armistead. Okay. So this dude was a slave in Virginia and he personally witnessed the war. Okay. And so he wanted, he asked permission to go fight in the war. So he joined um, with General Marquise um, de Lafayette. So Lafayette, if you've seen Hamilton too, Hamilton, um, Lafayette was the French, he was like a French ally. And so he served with Lafayette um, to come and fight for the war. And so Lafayette um, was tasked by George Washington. Okay. So this dude, this is so interesting. So Lafayette was like, bro, I need you to pretend that you are an escaped slave and go into the British camp. And he was like, all right. So he pretended to escape. He posed in a, as an escaped slave and went into Benedict Arnold, who is the dude who went, um, Benedict Arnold was for the British. He was fighting with them. Um, and he said, hey, I'm an escaped slave. How can I help you guys? But he was really a spy. And so they liked him so much, Arnold and Lord Cornwallis, who actually fought with him as well. They trusted him so much that they were like, dude, you should go spy on the Americans and bring us intel <laughs> from them too. He was a double spy. <laughs> so he was the one that he learned that they had moved 10,000. There was like a fleet of British people coming um, to Yorktown. And so he relayed that to Lafayette and he was able to avoid when the battle of Yorktown had happened, they were, they were able to avoid all of that. So it says here, taking the valuable information, Washington quickly moved American forces to Yorktown so that they wouldn't come through there. And the French fleet blocked the British Navy and kept his reinforcements from reaching Cornwallis. 
The Battle of Yorktown, Yorktown ensued in Cornwallis without extra troops or the Navy to rescue and remove its own troops finally surrendered. So if it had not been for that crucial information, and then I'm getting this from the American story from um, David and Tim Barton, which are my favorite historians. I've talked to them, talked about them throughout this entire series. Um, I love their stuff. Um, they wouldn't have brought, they, they brought victory at the end for the war on independence. These dudes had a key, um, he had a key, James Armistead had a key role to play in that. And why does that, why does that get overlooked? Now, granted, this guy went back to his master, his, cause he was a slave. He was originally a slave in Virginia. Um, they didn't grant um, freedom for slaves yet, <clears throat> or he didn't qualify for freedom under the law in Virginia at the time in 1784. Um, but uh, he was presented uh, to the members of the legislator with what he did. And eventually he got his freedom because of that. And when he got his freedom, he changed his last name to Lafayette. So he was James Lafayette because of that. And he actually ended up becoming a farmer. And also on top of that, uh, would get, got help from the state in recognition uh, for his loyalty and for fighting for America. And so it's super interesting that none of this stuff, I've never heard any of this stuff in textbooks. There were also other minority like contributors, Hispanics, Juan Miralles, um, Bernardo de Galvez and Francisco Saavedra, um, who also provided financial and military assistance to George Washington. There were Irishmen um, involved in that, Frenchmen, Poles, um, Indian tribes, of course, um, that were involved in that because of the oppression of the British. Um, a lot of women, too, that aren't talked about. Margaret Colbin, Abigail Adams, which you probably heard of. She gathered military intelligence from Boston um, for her husband um, and the Continental Congress. Elizabeth Lewis, Sybil Ludington, Mercy Otis Warren, Mary Ludwig Hayes, um, and Strong. I mean, Carrie Catherine Goddard. I mean, these, the, there were a lot of women that were part of this movement, but not talked about. There were also Jews that were a part of the movement as well. And so a lot of people, why is it that that information, like explain that, why is that information omitted from textbooks? And I, I talked about this on the last one. Have you heard of any of these people before? I hadn't before reading all about this. We really do have to do our due diligence to educate our children on the importance of doing research on our own, looking up the information on our own and not relying on public school system or any school system. Look, I have a friend, she has a daughter in a Christian, uh, a Christian school. She was super grateful for it because they were still open during the pandemic. However, a lot of the stories that she tells me, I'm like, is this even a Christian school? Like, what are these guys, <laughs> what are these guys doing? Because some of the things that they're teaching or some of the kids that, are, that go to the school, I just don't understand. And so, you know, you've got to really look at what your kids are learning about history. And I say this because what you learn in history will shape your view of America, therefore will create belief systems on the foundation of America and 
will shape you in the way that you should be voting. And so if you don't know the accurate history, if you don't know about all of these people that had a hand in in the Revolutionary War, the people that had a hand in opposition to um, the British, you're just going to think that a bunch of white men signed it and, you know, they signed it because they wanted this to be, and this is what people, some people are saying right now, that they wanted this to be a pure white nation when clearly there was a, every, the minorities, tons of minorities had a hand in America becoming free. Isn't it interesting that none of that information is given, especially in public schools? This stuff was fascinating to me. I. I'm so proud to be an American, honestly. Like, I, I'm Puerto Rican. I'm super proud to be Puerto Rican. I love, I love that my parents moved me out there when I was young, so that I could appreciate my the culture that I come from, the bloodline that I come from. I, I, I'm very appreciative of that, and I'm all. I can be both. I'm very appreciative of being an American citizen. Now, I because I know the story of the Declaration of Independence and the people that were behind it. Uh, that's literally my favorite outside of Jesus being born and resurrected. That's literally my favorite American um, uh, holiday right now because that that is there's so much history in that. So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna read to you the Declaration of Independence because I know some of y'all ain't even have never read it. You've never read it, and this will be in my book. Uh, the book may be a little bit delayed, <laughs> delayed with just as it always is with publishing. Um, but I wanted to, t- I want to tell you what the Declaration of Independence so that you know, you understand, you can see, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Where we are right now in government, where we are right now with um, our president, our current president, um, is everything that's against the, what's in the Declaration of Independence. You've got to know your history. This is what I don't like. This is what I don't like about uh, history uh, events in Massachusetts. For example, tomorrow is Good Friday, right? We know that public schools do not like Jesus, okay? They've been trying to kick Jesus out for since the 60s. Um, why is it that y'all are celebrating Good Friday if you don't even, if you kick them out, right? Same with 4th of July. Why are you celebrating 4th of July if you don't know why, why you're celebrating? Don't just do stuff because the American culture or the current American culture says that you should do them, say you should get a day off, say that, you know, you should go have hot dogs and hamburgers. It's not about that. You, you got to know the reason why this is, this is how I, this is how I grew up. This is why I became the black sheep of my family is because I wanted to know what's the reason why we're celebrating this. What's the reason why I'm confessing to a priest? What's the reason why I'm learning algebra? You couldn't give me an answer. I didn't want nothing to do with it. What's the reason why we celebrate? Like, where did the word Easter come from? Where, where did, what, what is that? You've got to ask questions. You, you, just because things seem good in your eyes doesn't mean the original intent was good. Do you know what I'm saying? You, you've got to know, you can't take things and interpret them your way. You've got to know the original intent of what you're doing. And this is the original intent of the Declaration of Independence. All right. In Congress, July 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America. 
When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have been connected with them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separation and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitled them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable right, unalienable rights, <laughs> that among these life, uh, among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. Sorry, I need some water. <clears throat> when a long train of abuses and usurpations, I probably said that wrong, pursuing invariably the same object ev evinces a Girl, I'm bilingual, so excuse me. A design to reduce them under absolute despotism. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been patient sufferance of these colonies and such is now this necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Britain, of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries usurpations, and having in direction object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused to assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden the governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation to his, till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called, called together legislative bodies at places, unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records, for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with men, manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such disillusions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people <clears throat> at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrants hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. 
He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing to assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without consent of our legislators. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior, and superior, superior to, civil, to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts and pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants, inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all of the parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in our neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its bodies as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rules into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislators and declaring them invested the power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of the protection of waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed our lives with our lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely parallel in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy of head of civilization, civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us. Well, that sounds familiar. And has endeavored <laughs> sorry, to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be ruler of a free people. Nor have we been waiting in attentions to our British brethren, we have warned them from time and time to attempt of our, by their legislator to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of, their, of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, 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 oh my God, magnanimity, and, have, and we have conjured them by their, the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, usurp, usurpations, which would inevitably interpret our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. 
Don't at me, okay? I'm bilingual. We must therefore uh, acquiesce, acquiesce in the necess in the necessity which announces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war and peace and friends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress, assembled appeal to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly pu publish and declare that these colon united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from the allegiance to the British crown, that they all and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved and that as free and independent states. They have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish, com establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine province, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. With this, 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence um, <clears throat> Connecticut, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, Georgia, New York, Maryland, North Carolina, Massachusetts, South Carolina, Virginia, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania. Insane. Do you see? I just read that whole thing to you. Um, but you see how some of the things that I've read are things that are being um, imposed today. Um, and it's very important that we understand why these guys fought, and I told I said this before, why they fought, who they were fighting against, and what the future of that would have looked like. You know, what does 2021 look like right now? Are there things that are being, our rights, are they being infringed? You know what I'm saying? Like, how could you say that we can't, we can't celebrate a day of freedom? when we're free. I hope that was informative. Um, I hope it wasn't too long, but you know what? It's good. It's good to sit and listen and understand, you know, the truth of some of the things that we celebrate and how it coincides with some of the current events um, that are happening now, how it's uh, threatening our freedom, just like knocking on the door right now. Are we going to sit around and let this happen? Or are we going to stand up and say, hey, you know this doc official document, this document that's in the, the Declaration of Independence, that's what these guys fought for. It is not an evolving document. Um, it is a document that stands on freedom um, and a freedom that many nations do not have today. So I leave you with that, my friend. Hope that was informative. Thank you guys for tuning in. Share, 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 share. Love you.